You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz with me, Kieran Ojla, and we're speaking to Crystal Kieran, actor, dancer, singer, choreographer, and producer. And she's actually the choreographer for Matilda, the musical, which is part of Theatre Under the Stars. And she's also part of the Monsoon Festival of Performing Arts, which kicks off later this month. She truly is a powerhouse and honestly doing it all. Crystal, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Honestly, Crystal, when I was looking at your resume, I didn't even know where to start because you are somebody who's in the world of theater, movies, producing, you sing, you literally do it all, like I said in my introduction. So I kind of want to know, like, let's go back to the start. What drew you to the arts in the first place? Was there like a moment where there influences? What exactly was it? Yeah, well, for me, you know, I, my mom actually put me in ballet when I was three. And I think it was something that she wanted to do when like, cause uh, she moved to Canada when she was nine years old, like uh, from the village in Punjab. And, you know, and like, she wanted to do ballet and she wanted to do all these activities. But my grandparents, you know, that wasn't a priority for them to put, put their kids in, you know, like dance lessons and sports and stuff. So I think for me, the introduction really came through my mom. But I was always, I think before that, like dancing around and moving and stuff and so she's like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna put her in dance and then it was kind of one of those like after school activities that I did throughout my youth and then I think when I was about 15 I did my first community theater production of 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 West Side Story and that to me was like the game changer because with musical theater you're singing you're acting you're dancing and for me it was really the storytelling aspect of it and that show too is so iconic so for that to be the first musical that I did like it just it gave me the bug for musical theater and then from there I just was like I think this is what I'm supposed to do and you know uh, when I told my mom that I wanted to do this and my parents they were kind of like oh no (laughs) what have we done (laughs) typical basic parents right (laughs) yeah totally totally but you know I um you know, I'm like one of those people that, you know, I'm like, if, I'm, if, if I want to do something, I, I find a way to do it. And I think, uh, yeah, and timing wise, Bombay Dreams came around when I was 19. So when I was like 16, I came to Vancouver and I was a dancer at the PNE. And then I moved to Toronto for theater school right after high school. And then I was only in school for about a semester when I heard that, that that Bombay Dreams was coming from the West End to Broadway. And so I went to the open call in New York, you know, lined up with thousands of people auditioning. Never had done anything like that before. So I was like, it was asking for something so specific. And I was like, I'm a musical theater performer. I'm Daisy. Like, I put the kind of pressure on myself that I was like, if I don't get this show, like, I need to do something else with my life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in, retrospect, in retrospect, I was like, I put so much pressure on myself. But it worked out, you know, and I moved to New York when I was 19. And I was understudying the lead in the show. And then I was also in the, like, um, in, in, in the ensemble of a dancer. And that's kind of where it all where it all started. And it was a tremendous experience overwhelming for sure you know moving from the Okanagan from Penticton you know with a short stop in Toronto and then moving to New York at 19 like it was a pretty formative uh huge experience in my life but um yeah and that's kind of what started the whole journey I would say and yeah I mean you went on to do so many incredible musicals roles and everything and I think for you like I want to ask you right when you look back at your 19 year old self like 
what was the thing that gave you that confidence? Because I think of myself at 19 and I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Like, can I really do, like there can be a lot of self-doubt. So how did you like remove those voices from your head, especially those negative voices that sometimes can hit us? Yeah, I mean, I still had the voices for sure. And, but there was something in me that just knew. I was like, it was like a vocation almost, I want to say. Like, I was like, no, I have to, I have to do this. I have to audition for it. And I think also because when I grew up, I spent a lot of time going back and forth from India because my dad lives in India. So I would go back and forth a lot and uh, I got used to traveling. So I was very comfortable traveling. So, you know, I think the first time I flew back, from India alone, I want to say I was like 15 or something like that. So I had done a big journey like that alone. So I felt comfortable. I felt safe. I felt like I knew how to handle myself. So I think that was a part of what gave me the confidence to be able to like move out east and go to theater school and then go to a place like New York. I spent so much time in India growing up, like in Calcutta, which is one of the most you know populated cities in the world, right? So but beyond that, I, yeah, I think it was like an alchemy of a lot of things. And because I had trained so much growing up and I started training at three and in like a lot of different dance styles. And then when I was in India, I'd study like Indian classical dance, like Kathak when I was there. So I just, you know, even like the choreography in Bombay Dreams was just like amalgamation of like musical theater, jazz, and then like Bollywood and like some elements of Indian classical dance, not a lot, but even the vocabulary of the movement, I was like, this is so specific to what I've trained in and all the things that I've trained in. So I just felt like, yeah, I just, it was just a feeling. I was like, I have to, I have to go and at least try. And I actually got kicked out of school because of it. Oh! <laughs> because of it, because you're not allowed to audition in the first like year and a half of the program. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I went and auditioned and they found out and then they kicked me out. You really took a risk, but hey, it paid off. Yeah. That's in the past. It paid off, and now they call me an honorary graduate. They gave me a diploma. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is like an awesome moment because you can say, hey, I didn't finish, but I took a risk and I did it. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's really incredible. And also, I mean, for you, Crystal, I find your name fascinating too. Crystal Kieran, right? It also like yeah. includes like your Desi roots. And I think for you, like, as a performer, I mean, how important is it for you to also like represent the culture as well as you're out there doing your thing? It's so important. I think it's, you know, I, I remember like a pivotal moment of when I decided that I was going to do this and I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, where are you going to perform? Like, there's nobody that looks like us like on TV in, yeah, you know, like in shows, like where, like, where are you going to work? And I remember at that time, JLo had just like come onto the scene and she was doing movies, she was making music. And she really embodied her Latin culture in all of that. Like she didn't try to hide it. She, it, it was a part of who she was and a part of her expression as an artist. And so I think she really kind of inspired me in, in that moment where I was deciding. And I just decided, I was like, you know, I'm a brown girl. I'm a Punjabi girl. You know, I'm a Desi girl. I live here in Canada or like in North America. Like I can't pretend to be anything else. So it would behoove me to really embrace all of the aspects of my identity and to celebrate them through what I do. And it grounded me as a performer. I, you know, like I know a lot of like colleagues and stuff who early on in their career, they were like pushing like the culture away almost because they didn't want to be seen as only that. But I'm like, I've always been like, no, but we're both like, it's not either or it's and. And I think that's really been something that I've been very cognizant of and, and conscious of uh, when it comes to doing this work and this career. 
And do you find, especially with how long you've been in the industry, do you find there is this kind of shift now where people are like, you know what? Yes, I want to reclaim my culture. I want to represent my culture. Like, how is the industry looking in terms of representation, would you say? Oh, my goodness. It's changed so much. And it's so beautiful and amazing and inspiring to see that. Because when I started, like, there, there, there weren't roles that were specifically written for people like us, right? And then we weren't being seen for the roles that were considered, like, leading roles that weren't uh, culturally specific. And I've definitely seen a shift happen. And it's been, you know, like, there's still a way to go. But I think there's definitely a reclamation. And I think because of that, artists now, performers now are more willing to embrace their culture in practice as artists. And I think it just makes for better art and better, you know, landscape of everything that we do. And so, yeah, it's an exciting time for sure. It's an exciting time, which is funny because I feel like currently I'm kind of stepping away more from like being a performer and I'm more interested in being like on the other side of things and and really being in like the casting process so even with like Matilda like out of the 10 kids in our little kids ensemble it's like eight of them are are kids of color of different backgrounds and and you know that that makes a huge difference because when there's an audience of 1500 people per show you know other kids their families are now coming to see the show and they're seeing kids who look like them on stage and then they're like wait what are they doing and I, that's where the shift starts to happen that's so it's really important that you know on creative teams like directors choreographers music directors that they do have diversity on them because you know it, it comes from the top down so it can't always be like a white creative team you know casting because it just that then that's the lens that the show is told through so it's exciting that there is more cross-cultural allyship as i like to say on on creative teams and it's important so mm-hmm. yeah, that's where like representation i think um it needs to continue to push forward is people in those positions of power of making decisions that they reflect the community at large. Totally. And it's like, like you said, too, it's not even just about who's in front of the camera, very much what is going on behind the scenes as well. There is power on both those sides. So I'm happy to see that shift because I will say that it's nice when you can turn on a TV show and you're like, oh my God, that's someone that's representing my experience. That's me. It really does make a world of a difference. But something, Crystal, I have to ask you about because you are a creative... We've got this writers and actors strike that is going on right now. And there are so many conversations at play here. And I think for a lot of us, especially you aren't familiar with the entertainment industry, things are coming as a shock. Like, you know, we're realizing there's a lot of actors not really making as much money as we thought, especially the writers. So I wanted to get your whole thoughts on what's going on here and what we're seeing in the industry. Yeah, I think it's uh, a really important time right now. And I feel like there's so many conversations going on, as you were saying, and, you know, the whole AI conversation, because it's, uh, you know, like it removes the artist from the art, which is really, you know, like, why make art then, right? So that's one of the things that, and like when it comes to streaming and royalties and people who create like choreographers, you know, not getting a chunk of what that is, but like these companies are making so much money. Like at some point, if on top of that, there's going to be AI on top of that, it kind of obliterates the industry. But then at the same time, how do you fight AI? (laughs) You know, like how, like, how do we, like, you know, so, you know, it's in the crux of it right now. And my whole thing is that, you know, art is an expression. It's a human expression. And if we are removing the humanity from it, then what is it? What's the point, right? 
and the writer's strike, like that, that aspect of it too. It's like, you know, these people are writing for like, you know, these companies are making so much money off of these writers. So for them to not have a representative portion of that is just like crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm proud of my, my fellow artists, like people are taking a stand and, um, but you know, I think it's going to, it's, it's probably going to last a while. And I think it has to, I think it has to. And I, and I think people like will realize how valuable these people are. Like if no one's writing new content, there's no new shows coming out. There's no films coming out. Like people will realize the value of art and that comes from human beings. Right. So it's, we're in such an interesting time. We're in such an interesting time. Yeah, people are really paying attention. This is, this is going to define, you know, what it means for the artists, especially up and coming artists and everything in this industry. So we're watching it very closely. And my goodness, time is not on our side here, Crystal. So I do want to breathe. We could have a full on conversation just about yes. the strike itself. And we yes. definitely will down the road. Um, but you're also part of the Monsoon Festival of Performing Arts, which is coming up. So just kind of tell us, you know, what you're going to be doing there. And of course, how are you feeling being a part of this incredible festival? I'm so excited. I think this is my third year being a part of it. And I'm going to teach a semi-classical dance class, Kathak class. And I, I love I love teaching Kathak because it's something that I grew up studying in India. And when I come here, like I, you know, it's funny when I go to India, I teach like musical theater and kind of the Western forms. And then I still do that here. But then it's so nice to be able to share that part of my practice. And Kathak wise, for me, it's like one of the most holistic art forms because not only are you the dancer and storyteller but you're the percussionist you're the poet you have to be able to recite you know what you're gonna dance like to the tabla player and it's just like this feeling of connection and I know for me growing up like I definitely felt connected to our South Asian culture through dance and the music right so I'm hoping that uh, you know people will come and share in that experience and it just it feels so good to do it feels so good to do you know it's mathematical it's just so rhythmic and then I think as women just feeling that sense of grace and feeling like super grounded in the movement um, yeah it's a very beautiful experience to share in a class setting we are looking forward to it Crystal thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it and you take care thank you you too thanks for having me we just spoke to Crystal Kieran, actor, dancer, singer, choreographer, and producer. She is the choreographer Matilda, the musical, which is part of Theatre Under the Stars and part of the Monsoon Festival of Performing Arts, which kicks off August 17th. Stay with us here on Spice Radio, 1200 AM.